Prior to 2016, you and I could be sitting down over coffee and you could say, Coop, we should be health and wellness coaches. Then we could give each other a high five, walk out the door and start calling ourselves health and wellness coaches. Or on the employee wellness side of the equation, a wellness company could hire nice people, place them in a call center with a fine-tuned script, and then tell potential partners they offered health and wellness coaching. There were no standards of practice, no code of ethics, no national oversight board or certification process. Anyone could call themselves a coach, and there was essentially no way to tell who was credible and who wasn't. That all changed in 2017. Welcome to the latest episode of the Catalyst 360 podcast, your trusted resource for the best in engaging evidence-based health, wellness, and performance insights. I'm your host, Dr. Brad Cooper of the Catalyst Coaching Institute, and today's guest is Leanne Webster, the Executive Director of the National Board for Health and Wellness Coaching, or NBHWC, which was created in 2017 and has since changed the world of health and wellness coaching from being the wild, wild west to an established, credible, and growing profession. Our longtime listeners know we rarely bring a guest back more than once. Leanne's the exception. We try to get her on the schedule when she's available about every 15 months to provide you with a state of the profession and the latest updates and upcoming developments in the world of health and wellness coaching. For those who are considering joining us for the September 2023 Rocky Mountain Coaching Retreat and Symposium, we are thrilled to announce that Leanne is planning to be one of our keynote speakers at the event. It's the event of the year for coaches. And if you happen to be listening to this prior to December 31st, we have a really special discount for those who are planners. It's something available only through the end of the prior year for the future retreat. And you can take advantage of that on the website. Please reach out to us with any questions about this event or anything coaching related. Results at CatalystCoachingInstitute.com where you can find additional details about the retreat and our next MBHWC approved coach certification cohort that kicks off the end of January on the website, catalystcoachinginstitute.com. Now it's time to tap into the wisdom and knowledge of the person whose hand is on the pulse of the world of health and wellness coaching, Leanne Webster, on the latest episode of the Catalyst 360 podcast. Our only three-time guest in our 250 episode history, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Brad. I'm happy to be here today. Let's begin by looking back. Why, and some of this we've talked about in the past, but I think we need to reset the baseline. Why was establishing the MBHWC or a national board, why was that so important back when it happened in in 17? Uh, So, yeah. So, I'd say that it was extremely important for the industry because we had been evolving as a profession without any training. Yes. Uh, standards in place. There was no training, education, or assessment standards. And so, you know, there was no way to differentiate a coach who had taken the time to go through a certification uh, course and then sit for the board exam. Um, There was no way to differentiate them with somebody who just deemed themselves a health and wellness coach because they have a passion for health. Right. So huge difference, huge difference. Let's hit the essentials. Those who aren't familiar with what this NBHWC thing is, what's involved in becoming board certified. And then in there somewhere, mention the national board for medical examiners with them involved with the process. Cause I think that's a a critical, wonderful decision that you made as a board. And I want to make sure that that's out there for everyone. Sure. So I'll just start with the relationship with the national board of medical examiners. 
So um, we formalized our um, arrangement with them in May of 2016. And um, I like to think of MBME as experts in uh, creating exams, right? Exam creation and delivery. And then um, the, our, our organization is uh, experts in um, developing the content yep. for the exam, right? Because we have subject matter experts on our, our side. And then in terms of sitting for the exam, um, we launched in uh, September of 2017. And anyone who sits for the exam needs to attend an approved training program. We have... Um, Gosh, we're up to 114 of them now, and Catalyst is one of them. Um, so you have to attend an approved program. During that program, you'll learn um, all about you know, health and wellness coaching and behavior change. And then you will also um, have to be orally assessed, right? So there's an oral exam, um, and that happens with your training program. And then after that, you have to complete 50 health and wellness coaching sessions in duration of 20 minutes or more. And um, then you're qualified to sit for the exam. So to date, we have um, 7,400 people who've become board certified and we're about to announce our um, our latest uh, people who passed the exam in early December. Very exciting. Very excited. Yeah. 7,400 over, as we're speaking, it's been just under six years. Um, and again, folks, the MBNE that she's talking about, National Board for Medical Examiners, my understanding, that's the same organization that helps with the physician uh, licensure process as well. This is not just a very good logistics company. They are very, very well established, very respected. And so that partnership is key. It is. And um, they actually have been around for more than 100 years. Wow. So, wow. um, yeah, and, and it's actually been a very instrumental relationship because it's opened the door for um, physicians to want to have conversations mm. with us and to want to learn more about the role of the health and wellness coach on their team. Perfect. Perfect. And that's a huge area in the future. Still a lot of confusion for the general public. Not everyone listening to this is involved with health and wellness coaching. These are employers listening. These are high-performance executives, employers, um, just people that want to be better at their trade. So can you walk us through the difference between a health and wellness coach and other, in quotes, coaches, like life coaches would be the most obvious one. How do you distinguish those two specifically or other ones and how would you describe health and wellness coaching to people that are like, wait, now, what, what is that one? Okay, so, um, so life coaches and health and wellness coaches do have some similarities, right? We're, we're trying to work on behavior change with the client or the patient. And um, the thing, though, that's different about health and wellness coaches is that they do actually have training in um, – healthy lifestyles, uh, chronic diseases, um, you know, some of the more um, common terms used in medicine or diagnosis in medicine, right? So they do have an understanding about, you know, what what is cholesterol? What is high cholesterol? What is diabetes? What is blood pressure? Why does it matter, right? And so um, we have a portion of the training that is devoted to 
um, health and wellness coaches learning about those healthy lifestyle um, uh, components. Yeah. Yeah. Components. Yeah. And so in, in essence, the health and wellness coaches, they obviously talk about life stuff, sleep, relationships, et cetera, but it's almost like life coach plus they, they have that additional layer of the health and wellness components that allow them to dive into some of those other aspects of behavior change. Yeah, I would say so. And, and it is interesting because I've been a health and wellness coach since 2007. And what I find is that a lot of times, you know, a client will say, well, you know, I just, I just really want to start running. And then it's like, okay, well, what's getting in the way of that? Well, I don't know. You know, my room is such a mess. Right. And so next thing you know, you're working with them through some of these um, these habits that they've, they've created or these roadblocks that they have that actually do relate to their life and less to their health. But it's often the thing that is getting in the way of them actually improving their health. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. We talk all the time about the catalyst cornerstones of move, fuel, rest and connect. If we can address any one of those four, move, fuel, rest, connect, they positively influence the other four. And mm-hmm. you're, you're talking about that right there. So, all right. So you've been, you've been there since before the beginning, 07. We launched this in 17. What surprised you most about the journey? Some of the feedback that you're receiving from coaches, non-coaches, industry, et cetera, et cetera. Ooh, what surprised me the most? Well, I'll start by saying I've been a health and wellness coach since 2007. um, And then I came on board with our organization in 2015. So I'm the first person that they hired Mm -hmm. up until that point. um, It was a a very, very, very hardworking board of directors. Right. So they were doing the heavy lift from 2012 to 2015. Um, And I think what has surprised me the most is how hard this is. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah. Um, it's actually really hard. It's very difficult to do something that's never been done before. Right. So we have, um, professionalized an industry, right. Health and wellness coaching being the industry. Um, and there's just so many facets to that. And, um, you know, we've spent a lot of time educating, uh, the health and wellness coaches about the opportunity to become board certified. We've spent a lot of time educating programs that existed so that they come on board and meet our standards. Um, And I think the next heavy lift that we need to do um, is really educating the public Mm. about the fact that there is now a training education and assessment standard. So, yeah, I think, yeah, the biggest thing has just been it's very hard. Well, and we're trying to do that in the employer side of trying mm-hmm. to differentiate between, yeah, you can have people, and I mentioned this in your intro, you can have people that are very nice people. They're very good on the phone. They're sitting in a call center with a script. That's not really health and wellness coaching. That's, that's, mm-hmm. that's I'm not sure what that is, but that piece is critical too, because as the employers understand the difference between a credible health and wellness coach and someone with that title on their resume, that will expand the opportunities for coaches exponentially. Exponentially. Yeah. Yeah. Very exciting. All right. Let's do some Leanne Webster crystal ball viewing. 
Got three questions for you. One, what type of job opportunities do you see in the field? Not currently, but as you, again, crystal ball, as you look forward, we just mentioned the employer site building over the coming years. What else do you see in terms of opportunities for health and wellness coaches as you look forward into the future? Um, I think that one of the biggest opportunities for us is to really um, become part of uh, healthcare teams, right? So, you know, what we're seeing is um, there's a frustration amongst healthcare providers that they don't have the time to spend mm-hmm. with each patient. Um, they feel like they're not getting positive results from their patients. There's a lot of chronic disease out there that we're all aware of now um, because of COVID and, and the light that that shined on chronic diseases and chronic disease management. Um, so where I really see an opportunity is for physicians to be able to do a warm handoff to of the patient to a um, board certified educated health and wellness coach. So, um, you know, we just came back from the American College of Lifestyle Medicine conference, and it was amazing to see the line at our booth. Um, and that line was, you know, physicians who were interested in learning Love more. Mm. And <clears throat> they just are really starting to see that, you know, we have professionalized, we do deserve a seat at the table and there there's a newfound respect for our industry and um you know it's pretty cool so i think that's probably the biggest opportunity um but also you know we are really starting to see and i talked to a lot of people at the conference who are working with within organizations some of our you know bigger technology companies here in the u.s um they're working with employees Right. Because we know that somebody who is healthier as an employer or as an employee is going to be happier and do better at their job. So spoke to a lot of people at the conference about that, too. You've hit so many huge areas right there. We're hearing a lot. I just got back from speaking in the National EAP conference on integrating coaching into your EAP because that's exactly what you're talking about. If we can help the employees in these areas that coaches address, they're going to be more engaged. They're going to have less sick time. They're going to, some of the mental health things, we're not counselors, we're not psychologists, but we can support that, again, move, fuel, rest, connect, that supports what the counselor is doing. So big thing there. One, I I love, love, love the fact that the docs were lined up at your booth. Uh, We had Dr. Abby Smith-Ryan on, uh, this has been several months now, but her research focuses on the impact of pre-surgical positive behavior change on the outcome of surgery. Like, how are we missing that? And it's just discouraging to me, although encouraging that they're talking to you. But yes, there's a great benefit to the doc and the healthcare team handing off to or engaging a a board-certified coach in the post injury, illness, surgery process, what I'm seeing, part of my vision is, wow, what if we could have a coach connect with every, every is an exaggeration, it's a hopeful exaggeration, but a significant number of pre-surgical patients a month out from surgery, help them to get some of those move, fuel, rest, connect in in place 
and then get better results. Everyone wants better results of their surgery. Everyone. Like, I don't think that's an exaggeration. And yet we're not tapping into what the research, Brad's not making this up. The research is very clear. If we're doing these things prior to surgery, our recovery is faster. Our improvement is better. Our pain levels are less. What are we, I'm excited and discouraged at the same time. That's interesting that you bring up that study because I'm pretty sure it's the same one I just read this weekend. Um, and if not, then there's another one and I'll have to try to find it and share beautiful. it with you. Yes, please. But um, it, it's this, it, it was like kind of a aha moment for me, right? Because I thought, oh God, yeah, that's, yes. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. We and, do need to focus on the um, patient prior to the surgery happening. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. and allow the patient, how many people go into surgery confused? Like, well, I talked to the doctor, but I'm not exactly sure what I should be doing and what should be happening. And they have some very generic post-op recommendations. And wow, the coach could be so helpful in that arena. Anyway, I'm, I'm way off topic. Thank you. So next one, where crystal ball, where do things stand with billing insurance for coaching sessions? Yeah. So, um, where they stand today is that um, we're planning to apply for category one codes in February. So we are actively working on this. In fact, I have a, a letter that I'll be sending out to um, medical societies later today. And, you know, really what we're trying to do right now is just get everybody on board to understand that we're applying soon. So we want you know, support from a lot of people that are in healthcare. Um, and uh, we plan to apply in February and then we'll go before the American Medical Association in May. And so the intent is to get category one codes for the service of health and wellness coaching in healthcare. Um, and then after those codes are approved and exist, then they'll attach a value to it. Um, it's hard to say if uh, it'll happen the first time around because it doesn't always, but we feel pretty confident that we'll get there because we have a lot of um, volume data mm. to show that the service of health and wellness coaching is um, widespread and happening you know, throughout all demographics of the United States. So right now um, we're working with more than 50 organizations throughout the country who are actively collecting data and actively um, have health and wellness coaches on their healthcare team. Now the areas of telehealth and um, telecounseling and those kinds of things obviously grew significantly during COVID. Is that something that will be included in that category one code in terms of virtual telephonic type coaching, or does it, is it going to have to be the face-to-face -face only to begin with? Where do you see that developing? Yeah. So we actually don't, don't know the answer to that. Um, we won't know until we get there. Obviously we would love for it to include the option for virtual visits, um, but we really won't know until we get there. So the American medical association will write the language around the code it'll be you know put into their ama code manual and um so we'll know more you know upon 
our application being submitted and then upon um, presenting to the panel in May. Okay. Okay. Very good. Uh, Last one on the crystal ball side, where do you see, or how do you see coaching evolving over the next decade? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, (laughs) And you've touched on part of it as insurance comes to be a part of our uh, toolbox, if you will, that's obviously going to influence things good and bad. Um, But what else do you see? You know, I think that um, the term national board certified health and wellness coach will become more recognized, um, not only in healthcare, not only with employers, but also with the public. I think that, you know, we don't know if there'll ever be state licensure. You know, we've got 50 different states, right? And, and any state could decide to go in that direction. We're not feeling that that's going to happen, nor is it something that we're going after. Um, so because there may not be state licensure, which is fine, um, there may always be the existence of the person who deems themselves a health and wellness coach because they have a passion for health, but they don't necessarily have the training. Sure. So I think that it's really important for us as we move forward um, to just really emphasize the importance of the board certified health and wellness coach. And, um, and then, you know, people will just have to decide if they want to work with somebody who really gets it or work with somebody who, you know, is just calling themselves that, but doesn't necessarily have the training and education. Well, and I think the precedence is there. You you don't work with a financial planner who's not certified. You don't work with an accountant right. who's not certified unless it's simply for bookkeeping. You you look for that certification. And obviously now with 7,400 coaches and growing, um, that will continue to be a, a key area. All right, let's take a left turn here. You've been doing a lot, you and the board, the, the whole organization, been doing a lot of work in the area of diversity, equity, and inclusion what can you tell us about the progress on those fronts and what can we be doing to support that? Well, that's a really great question. Well, I'm really happy to to report that we've made a lot of progress at our organization um, in terms of the board. So it's interesting because a lot of times people don't necessarily realize that there's a lot that has to happen internally when you're trying to create change. Mm. And one of the things that we needed to change was our bylaws, right? So the bylaws of the organization were written in 2012 and um, they required that our board of directors be what we call subject matter experts in the field of health and wellness coaching. So we were able to make some changes to our bylaws, which allowed us to really open the door Um, to have health and wellness specialists, right? Anybody in health and wellness. So it could be somebody coming from a policy background or someone coming from a public health background or an employee wellness background who could now sit on our board. Mm. So we did that and we've been able to really diversify our board. um, And it's been so amazing to work with these new board members who just bring such a depth of knowledge and a new perspective to what we're trying to do. So, so that's what's happened, you know, internally. And I'm very proud of that. And it was also very difficult. Um, Externally, you know, we've been meeting with a lot of um, organizations, whether it be, you know, training and education organizations that are approved by us or, 
um, researchers, just learning about what is happening in terms of um, expanding the um, availability of health and wellness coaches um, throughout the country. And, you know, there's there's a lot going on that's very positive. Um, there's a lot going on with Indian Health Services. Uh, there's a lot going on with um, uh, this other organization called o- Open Source Wellness. They're based in Oakland. So, yeah, we're just at this point, I think we're just doing um, more in-depth uh, meetings and research with a lot of people trying to see, you know, what currently does exist. Um, we also have a um, DEI commission at our organization now, and we're working closely together to try to, you know, really create better access for um, people who want to hire a health and wellness coach. Very good. Very good. And I know that'll be continuing to develop more as we, as we move forward. Uh, future coaches seem to be tuned into the MBHCBC more and more as we see each year go by. Some of that's organic. They're just seeking that out. It's coming out on Google searches, et cetera. What is the MBHWC doing to contribute to that? Um, so we work very closely with our um, approved programs. And as I said, we have 114 of them. Um, we now have a director of program approval, which has been really helpful for us. And so we're just trying to get the word out to um, anybody who's entering the profession that they should attend an approved program. And after they attend an approved program, they should sit for the board certification because if they do, it's um, it's a it's significant in that it differentiates them from, you know, someone who just deems themselves a health and wellness coach. So. We're doing a lot of active marketing around this and making sure that as people call us, as people attend programs, as they email us, we're constantly saying, hey, you know, make sure you make decisions on the front end that will set you up for success on the back end. Yes. Are there things that organizations like Catalyst Coaching Institute, Well Coaches, Real Balance, et cetera, can be doing to support more fully what you're talking about there? Or do you feel like that's just going to be natural because we're supporting that process? No, I mean, I think there are things, you know, we do a lot of Q&As, like Nicole and I will do a lot of Q&A sessions with programs um, and their students. And, you know, we'll spend like 30 to 60 minutes with the program and their students just to answer any questions that they have. So we always have that option available for programs. I think it makes a huge difference. Um, And then, you know, we're just trying to really engage with, um, yeah, just trying to engage with the programs on a regular basis. So I'd say in terms of what the programs can do, I would just say, reach out to us and we can, you know, figure out what we can do to better support your students. Okay, very good. All right, everyone wants to know, what's the typical pass rate of the exam and what can prospective coaches do to enhance their odds of passing the first time? What, and do you see the exam evolving over time or do you feel like we're where we need to be? Those are really good questions. We don't have an official pass rate yet because the exam, though it, it has been being delivered since 2017, the psychometrician at the National Board of Medical Examiners 
really doesn't feel like we have enough data yet to say that we have a specific pass rate. Okay. However, what we can say is that 78 to 82% of people who've sat for the exam have passed the exam. In terms of how to best prepare for the exam, um, I think that there's a lot of excellent resources out there. Um, and, and so I would say, you know, reach out to your training program and ask them, you know, what resources they would recommend. Um, there's been some fantastic books that have been written about, you know, health and wellness coaching. And also, you know, go to an approved program. You need to do that anyway to sit for the exam. But, um, you know, actively participate in everything that your program offers. And then the other thing that I think makes a huge difference that people may or may not realize is that um, when you do those 50 health and wellness coach training sessions with people, um, those sessions actually are meant to teach you how to be a better coach. Mm. I think that, you know, it's very um, easy, not easy, but it's a little easier to educate yourself and to learn about behavior change and to go to class than it is to actually sit with somebody who's trying to change and help them in that process. And that's really what those 50 sessions are meant to do is to teach you how to be comfortable being uncomfortable with people as they're dealing with some very um, sensitive topics in their lives. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I like what you said about tap into the resources that your your program is utilizing. One of the mm -hmm. things that Catalyst does is we have a an exam prep course that's free. Like it's just part of what you get as as one of our students. And we're not the only one. I think that most organizations have something similar to that. So as you're looking at that, folks, if you're thinking about the coaching route, ask your organization, is there some way that you can help me pass this doggone thing? So I'm sure they'll walk you through it. All right. We talked about insurance earlier. Uh, let's circle back on that briefly. Things like HSAs. Is, is there anything coaches can be doing either Anything they can be, be doing now to prepare for when insurance is eventually going to be approved? And in the meantime, is there anything where they can tap into things like health savings accounts and those types of aspects? Yes. Um, so we had reached out to the IRS um, about a year ago, and it's the IRS who actually um, – oversees what services are listed yes. as covered yes. services for HSAs. And so we have a legal team that reached out and um, they didn't add health and wellness coaching specifically to that list. However, there is a way to still work with health and wellness coaches using your HSA account. So um, it actually, this weekend, we got a letter back from our attorney, which I still need to look at, but um, we will be releasing information about this um, within the next few weeks regarding how to um, how to support people who want to work with you as a health and wellness coach using their HSA. Okay. So we know that there is a, a letter that physicians will need to provide the patient with. And um, we just uh, need to, to change some of the language in that you know, sample letter and we're well on our way to being able to, to um, release this information to coaches soon. So early 2023, that should be a, a reasonable option. Yes. Beautiful. Yes. Beautiful. 
All right, my friend, final question. Words of wisdom from our only three-time guest of the Catalyst podcast in 250 episodes. What do you got for us? In anything you want to talk about, it can be health and wellness generically. It can be coaching related. It can be advice as somebody who's been a coach for, what, 15 years now, 15 plus. Uh, what do you got? Let, let her roll. Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I think that my advice would be to take care of yourself First, meaning if you're going to be a health and wellness coach, put be sure to put your oxygen mask on first so that you can help others. Um, I think I, I see a lot of people, not just health and wellness coaches, but also in healthcare, who um, they want to help others so desperately. Yes. And they're so passionate about what they're doing, but they're actually failing to take time to you know, exercise, eat right, sleep, manage their stress, um, you know, be a part of their family actively. Um, and so I would say, you know, make sure that you have your basic health needs, well-being needs covered, because if you do that, you'll be much uh, more able to successfully help others. And the example I try to give to folks is, and, and not that I've got this figured out, I struggle with that as well. But theoretically, if I'm telling you how to do it, even if I can't apply it myself, is the whole concept of, okay, if you've got 16 hours a day minus eight hours of sleep, that 16 hours, if you're doing the things that you just mentioned, is going to be far more effective, far more productive, far more valuable, far more enjoyable, frankly, than if you try to eke out one more 30 minute period by skipping that walk or just grabbing some fast food or, you know, skipping that whatever conversation with a friend or a spouse or a family member. So uh, great, great advice. Anything else that you want to throw out there before we wrap this baby up? No, just thanks. Thanks again for having me. I always enjoy talking with you. It's it's really fun and it's been really neat to see just everything that Catalyst Coaching is doing. Thanks so much. Thanks for tuning in to the number one podcast for health and wellness coaching. We're so honored to have Leanne join us for our regular update on the state of health and wellness coaching. If you're looking for additional information for your own career as a coach or to bring credible board certified coaching to your employee team members, please reach out to us anytime. Results at catalystcoachinginstitute.com or plenty of additional details and resources on the website, catalystcoachinginstitute.com. Next week's episode wraps up our 2022 season by bringing Dr. Philip Skiba to your holiday-filled ears. Dr. Skiba is one of the best when it comes to myth-busting the abundance of fads surrounding us in the world of health, wellness, and performance. No better time to have him join us than right as you're considering those resolutions to kick off your new year. Now, it's time to be a catalyst. This is Dr. Brad Cooper, the Catalyst Coaching Institute. Make it a great rest of your week, and I'll speak with you soon on the next episode of the Catalyst 360 podcast, or maybe over on the YouTube coaching channel.